Today we continue our series, Bounce Back, Good Advice for a Bad Day. Bounce Back, Good Advice for a Bad Day. We're looking at the last seven statements of Jesus before his death on the cross. Week one, Pastor Herbert talked about how on our worst day, we can still forgive. Last week, Pastor Scotty talked about how we can still be a good witness on a bad day. And now let's look at the third statement from the cross found in the book of John. Book of John, chapter 19, 25 through 27. This is what it says. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother, Mary, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clophus, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, this is speaking of John, who's actually writing this book, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, again, speaking of John, here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. This statement's incredible. This statement is incredible because Jesus is betrayed, he's beaten, unrecognizable. When you really get into the description of the, the gruesome brutality of a crucifixion, he's, he has a, a crown of thorns that have been, it said literally a rod that they beat the crown of thorns into his head. So he's bleeding. Have you ever seen blood from a head injury? Like he, he's bleeding, his nails into his hands and his feet. He's dying on a cross. And while on the cross, just doing everything he can to find breath, he speaks these words. What a moment. He speaks these words to take care of his mom. He speaks these words. Jesus wants to take care of his mom. In his pain, fighting for breath, he's asking John to take care of his mom. He only has a few statements from the cross, and one of them is about taking care of his family. You know, I, I personally think this is incredible because normally when I'm in pain, I don't think of others. Anybody else? All these tough men in this room, when we get sick, we want everybody to take care of us. <laughs> Just, oh, I don't, oh, I can't. Uh, like, not Jesus on his worst day, dying on a cross. Man, he, he decides that he's going to do something incredible. If you're taking notes today, the title simply is this. When you have a bad day, love anyway. When you have a bad day, love anyway. Anyway, when we go through our worst, we tend to wound those around us. And it's not about if you have a bad day, it's when you have a bad day. You know that bad day for a student, it could be when they study for a test and they failed. Ah, that's the worst day. When, when you're trying to make the team and you don't make the team, that's a bad day. When you get that toxic email at work, that can create a bad day. You lose a job, you get into a fight. When your favorite team loses, that can be a bad day. For me, one of the best ways to start off a bad day is when you lose something. How many of you, you've lost your keys before? And you're like, hey, where's my keys? And you slowly turn it into everyone else. Hey, who had my keys last? And you start getting like angry. Where's my keys? And it's like that moment as you're looking for your keys or your phone. Anyone like you're looking for your phone and it's in your hand? No, I'm just kidding. Like, have you ever had that moment? Where's my phone? And so it literally is this moment that it sounds silly, but we start getting frustrated. We start getting angry. What happens is so many times, maybe it starts off at work. You have a bad day at work and we get hurt. We get offended. 
Because a lot of times we tie our work to our worth. So we don't feel valuable. Then we're driving home. We're mad. Walking to our car. We're just angry. Pouting. We're angry. We're mad. Bad day. Worst day of work. Frustrated. No one sees me. No one values me. We get in the car. We're just waiting for someone to pull out in front of us. Oh, show them, right? You're driving to your neighborhood. You're like, oh, it's going to be okay. I just can't wait to get home. You pull into your neighborhood. Next thing you know, your kids left their bikes in the driveway again. Again? You look, there's trash all over the yard because the neighborhood dog got in your trash and got trash all over the dog. You're angry. You look on the porch and there's a pack of Amazon boxes. And you're like, for the love, what else does my wife need? Man, that, that related right there. And you're just frustrated, you're mad, and you go in, how's your day? Fine. And you can kind of pull it together, like, I'm going to be good. I, it's, man, I don't want to take this out of my family. And for me, this is what typically happens. It's the small thing at the end of that day that becomes the tipping point. You spill your drink at dinner. Next thing you know, it's like Hulk smash. Ah! Therapeutic. <laughs> what happens most? We want to pass off our pain on others. And usually in that moment, I'm trying to keep it all together, but I lose it. When you're having a bad day, you can either break down or bounce back. Life seems like a battlefield sometimes. And I'm not talking about a spiritual battle. It's like some of you wake up and it's just like you're angry at the world. And who am I going to fight today? Man, I don't want my life to be a battlefield. I don't want my life to be a blessing. When you have a bad day, love anyway. When you have a bad day, love anyway. You're going to have bad days. But how will you respond? You see, Jesus is our greatest example. He actually says this in 1 John 2, 6, 5 and 6. He says, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we will know we're living for him. Those who say they live in God, should live their lives as Jesus did. How did Jesus respond on his worst day? He cared for those closest to him. Let's look at the verse again. Let's zoom in. Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, speaking of John. He said to her, dear woman, here's your son. And he said to the disciple, here's your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his house. Some of you first off might be thinking, why did Jesus call his mother woman? I don't know about you. If I would have called my mom woman, she would have thrown hands. <laughs> he also addresses Mary, his mom, as woman in John 2, 4, before the miracle of turning the water into wine. Although the word woman in the English language can become dismissive and maybe even disrespectful in the Greek this word and this term is a respect and tenderness and we can't forget who this woman is this is Mary the one that God saw favor on that chose to carry the son of God the first person to carry the gospel and also we see in the beginning that God created man and woman now I also want you to know that this isn't giving every husband in the room or, or son. You can't be calling your, 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 your mom or your wife woman, all right? Don't be doing that. Even as Jesus hung on the cross and he was dying, 
He fulfills his obligation to care for his widowed mother because Joseph had passed away. While he was suffering in agony, he's thinking about his mother. James says this, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt them. Jesus is caring for the widow. In this moment, the widow is his mother. Jesus is obeying the Ten Commandments to honor your father and mother, even to death. Can I tell you today, bad days don't give you an excuse to ignore the word of God. hey oh. Sometimes when we have a bad day, we forget, we forget what's in the book, you know, because we, we're mad. We feel like that gives us permission. No, bad days don't give us an excuse or permission to ignore the word of God. This isn't just a woman. This is, man, the mother of Jesus. He loved his mom. She was chosen by God. And I've also always wondered why, why right there his family's on the cross. And he doesn't say to James or another one of his brothers. We see that his, his brothers are there, but he says this to John. Why did he choose John to take care of his mom? Because at this time, I don't know if you know, but James still isn't a believer that Jesus is the son of God. James, the brother of Jesus, because let's be honest, how many would you you know, feel if your brother was like, hey, I'm the son of God, and you're like, oh, man, no, you're not, right? Like, not in this house, you're not. And it wasn't until after the resurrection that James, Jesus' brother, comes to the full knowledge that Jesus is Lord. So in this moment, Jesus looks to John to take care of his mother. When we really zoom into the verse, it's showing us the importance of family, not just immediate family, but the family of God. How many have that friend that you call cousin, but they're not your cousin, right? They're not your cousin, but you call them cousin. They, they treat them like cousin. Or that, that your parent's friend that you call uncle or aunt, uncle or aunt, like, but they're not your uncle or aunt because they're family. Here at People's Church, we say it all the time, we're family because we're a part of the family of God. You see, Jesus is establishing the family of God it was the heart of Christ's mission and ministry. Establishing the family of God was at the most importance for him. Now, I'm going to put on my next-gen hat for a second and just remind you of the importance of family. Family matters to Jesus. We can't neglect the family and the next generation, even when we're having a bad day. As parents and grandparents, we can't afford to allow difficulties, pressures, even busyness or other priorities to take us away from raising up our children in the ways of the Lord. That's why we're committed here at People's Church and our kids' ministry and our youth ministry because we believe an ounce of prevention is better than a lifetime of prayer. So how can we help our kids? That's why we create events like March Madness this coming Wednesday. That's why every week your, your kids are learning about the truth and they're having a blast. We want them to be strong in the Lord. I want you to step in, even in difficult times, even when you're having a bad day. It is our responsibility to raise up our kids in the way of the Lord. You see, Jesus on his bad day could have focused on his pain, but he chose to show love to his family. All of us are members of the family. When we have a relationship with Jesus, it says this in John 1:12, but all who believe in him, if you believe in him, you've accepted him, it says he gave them the right to become children of God. When we accept Jesus as Lord, we are part of the same family. Look around, we're family. The family of God, that's why at People's Church, we say it all the time, we're family. All of us desire to be a part of a family. Even as I'm talking, some of you like hearing the word family because maybe you had a, a really dysfunctional family. Maybe you didn't even have what would be a normal family. 
And who even has a normal family? What does that even mean, right? But all of us long to be a part of a family because we are created to be a part of family. That's why Hollywood's worked so hard to try to show us family. Man, I don't know about you. Who is your favorite family, your TV family? I have a couple for you. Maybe your family, favorite TV family was the Winslows. Man, come on. Did I do that? Right? Come on. Maybe your favorite family was the Taylors from Home Improvement. Huh? Right? Maybe it was the Banks family. All of us wanted to move on up. Come on, right here. Like, man, we all wanted to be right here. We wanted to be a part of the Banks family, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and West Philadelphia born and raised, right? And the playground I spent most of my days. Maybe you wanted to be a part of the Tanner house, full house. Maybe, maybe some old school people in here, the family you, you kind of felt like you connected to was the Brady Bunch. All right, look at that hair. Man, or the family from This Is Us. This is a, a modern TV show that a lot of people have identified with. Or maybe some of you, you had a crazy family. Maybe this is your family. Maybe you identify more with the Adams family. Maybe, maybe this is what your family, like... Our families might be a little dysfunctional at times for sure, but we're still family. We have a bad day. You know who gets the worst of it? Our family. Our family. It's interesting. We reveal our true self to our family. We're having a bad day, but we're going to be kind to that person at the, at the grocery store. We're, we're going to be kind to that barista, but then we come home and we unleash on our family. Guilty. Man, we like showing our family on social media. You see, social media, man, we show our best and hide the rest. I, I need someone to come out there when I'm loading the luggage before going on vacation. You want to post something, woo, man. I'm telling you, every dad, I have, it's like, like I'm trying to move stuff. I have thrown bags all out of the car. I've, I've stormed in the house. We don't even, I don't even have enough stuff to put it, you know, why is everybody breathing? It's like, anybody else? I've even punched a couple things before. Typically the car, which makes no sense, right? Some of y'all like, yo, pastor, angry, you got issues. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just being real. And it's our family, and, and I'm thankful that my family shows grace, and I've had to apologize to my family. I had to, to go in and kneel at my daughter's bed, my teenage daughter, and say, I'm sorry. That I, man, I, I blew it. I messed up. Because it's interesting that when we're at our worst, we, we tend to take it out on our family. But church, we, we need to, on our bad day, love anyway. Love when you don't feel like it. Love when you don't feel like it. You know those families that, that have like the family rules? Did any of you guys have like family rules or mantras? And you can actually at different stores, they'll sell. If you don't have them, they'll help you create some family rules. Put on your mantle and yeah, family rules. You know, one of the rules at our house growing up um, for our friends, for us to go out with our friends, our friends had to quote the Ten Commandments. Seriously. But my brothers, they were older than me. They knew how to get, my, my mom actually had the Ten Commandments on the wall. And it was all about getting the friend positioned right. We're like, yeah, man, so what are the Ten Commandments? So they could read them. It was genius. But there's a lot of family rules, like we always tell the truth, or we try new things, or man, this family, we dream big, or we use kind words. A family rule in the Kellogg house is we don't say can't. 
And we'll say it when someone's like, oh, I can't, I can't find it. No, 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 Kellogg's don't say can't. There's some family rules. These rules help point to the positive when we're having a bad day. While Jesus was on the cross, he was emphasizing the importance of family and established some new family rules. When Jesus was actually teaching one day to religious leaders, they asked him, hey, what's the greatest command? What's the family rules, Jesus? And this is what he says in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Someone say all. You can type it right in there in the chat. All your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. This is a good rule. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So for the next few moments, we're going to talk through some family rules for us to follow on good days and especially bad days. Family rule number one is we love big. Everybody say it. We love big. We love big. Man, here in our family, we love big. A member of God's family, we love big. Jesus said, with all your heart, that's big. When we have a bad day, we don't fight back, we love back. We love big. I know it's hard when you're having a bad day, but love anyway. Listen to these verses that talks about bouncing back and loving anyway. Paul writes to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven. He says, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never uh, loses faith. It always is hopeful, endures through every circumstance. That's love. I don't know if you've ever heard of the exercise where you replace your name with the word love. So let's look at it again. Joseph is patient and kind. Ooh. Joseph is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Joseph does not demand his own way. Joseph is not irritable. Mm, that right there, even that, why did he put that verse in there? Because how many, we just get irritable sometimes, right? We're just not feeling it. We get a little irritable. Man, it, and I get irritable with everybody else. Be it a story. I want you to hurry up. I'm just getting irritable. Joseph keeps no record of being wrong. <laughs> Man, when it comes to family, am I patient and kind? Am I loving big? Let's look at a few more verses, 1 John 4, 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Said it right there. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, most important of all. Okay, all right, most important. Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. Romans 12, 10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight. Be excited about honoring and loving each other. Enjoy Loving one another. Ephesians 4, 2 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other and make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. I'm thankful that people make allowance for my faults. But can I tell you, I struggle doing the same. And I wanna love big. Lastly, Jesus says in John 13, 35, for your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Church, you want to prove to the world that you're a follower of Jesus? It's the way you love. It's the way you love. Family rule number one, and we see Jesus, he's speaking in the importance of family. Family rule number one is we're going to love big. We will love big. Say it with me. We will love big. We love big. We love big. Number two is this. We give back. 
Speaking of loving your neighbor, in a world that's always receiving, God challenges us as the family of God to give back. When you give back, it will help you bounce back. As Jesus is dying on the cross, we see John 3.16 become a reality. John 3.16 and 17 says, For this is how God loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Love is an action word. It's not just, it's a verb. I love you. Jesus didn't just say it. He did something about it. He gave his life. In the book of Acts, the author Luke writes, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of Jesus when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus gave the greatest sacrifice for our life. You can give back. You can give a smile back. Makes a difference. You can give your time. You can give your serve. You can give your attention. Some of you, when you just put your phone down and, and give attention to your kids, man, that's a way of loving and giving back your talent. Jesus was modeling what it looked like to care for family. On his worst day, he was giving back. In Proverbs, it says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others, them too will be refreshed. We believe the Bible, but research has even shown this to be true. It says that younger givers, people that give back, report higher levels of overall well-being and psychological health. You are more healthy when you give back. It says older givers, people that give back, on the other hand, benefit more in terms of, of to improve their physical health. Helping others helps you. Helping others helps you. Man, you want to bounce back? Give back. Man, I'm having a bad day? Love anyway. Keep serving. Keep giving back. I know you're having a bad day. It's hard to give back. That's why we love anyway. Jesus embodied these two family roles on the cross. He embodied them. I love there's even a moment when Jesus is telling the story of the good Samaritan. And at the end of the story, what happened, this good Samaritan helped this, this man in need. He was beaten, abused, like, like left to dead. Other people ignored him. And, and he's actually talking to the, the religious leaders of who's a good neighbor and this is the religious leader's response. He said, the one who showed mercy. And listen to what Jesus said. He said, Jesus said, now go and do the same. Your bounce back can come from helping others. Now go and do the same. Jesus on the cross, on his worst day ever. He was thinking about his mom. He was giving back. Those are two great family rules, but I'm gonna add a third one. The third family rule is simply... We don't give up. We don't give up. We don't give up. We love big, we give back, and we don't give up. Jesus didn't give up on his family. Rather, man, he gave to his family. He didn't give up on his family, and neither should we. Don't give up on your family. Can I tell you, death reveals life. You can restore that relationship with your mom. You can restore that relationship with your dad. That prodigal can come home. That daughter can be loved again. You can still love big. You can still give back. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, sometimes in life we get really busy and we go from good day to bad day and 
It's naturally to become self-absorbed. It's naturally to, to maybe talk to your parents or your loved ones once or twice, and then you kind of you get focused on your own thing. And Ten days ago, last Wednesday, my mom was actually in the Oklahoma Heart Hospital going through some tests. She's had a lot of fluid and some things, and they had her in there for some tests and actually went and saw her on Tuesday night, and she seemed good. They felt like they, you know, they, they drained some fluid. They felt like, man, they, they were heading the right direction. Then Wednesday morning, I, I wake up. It's my dad reaching out to me and said, hey, your mom last night at 1 a.m. coded. And it shook my dad up that at 1 a.m. they were both asleep and the alarms start going off. And my dad said a few nurses came in and then more. And like there was about 15 nurses in there. And, and then they're bringing in and they had to bring my mom back to life. The doctor said, you died. If you weren't in this hospital, you'd be dead. That shook me. I'm a mama's boy, like most men are. And I was the youngest of three boys. I actually think I have a picture of my mom and I when I was little, which it's funny because my son looks just like me. But I'm a mama's boy. And in this moment, life just got a little clearer. There was a weight on me. Later that day, my mom actually did it two more times, and now she's actually back home. She has a defibrillator in, and and thankful. But can I tell you, like, man, yeah, you can, like, that's awesome. Can Can I tell you, I'm thankful for my mom. Like, not only did she raise me in the way of the Lord, my mom was actually my youth pastor. My, for the last 20 years, I've invested in, in, in students, and my mom had a, a great impression on me. How other people will talk about coaches and leaders in their life. My mom was a big part of, of my leadership journey as a pastor. I'm thankful for my mom. I realized I need to spend more time with my mom. Can I tell you, if you still have breath in your lungs, you still have time to bounce back when it's a bad day? Because when I'm having a bad day, I'm going to love anyway. It's time we bounce back. There's a story of a guy, his name, he was a boxer. His name was Gentleman Jim Corbett. He was a boxer in the late 1800s. And in 1891, he was in a boxing match that went 61 rounds. This is before they went to 12 round boxing matches. 61 rounds. When I think about that story, I think about 61 times that he left his corner to fight again. 61 times that he kept getting back up. 61 rounds. Can I tell you, church, today, keep getting back up, keep forgiving, keep loving, keep serving. The best time to love your family is now. The best time to get back up is now. Well, one day I'll I'll resolve that. No, that day needs to be today. Let's go over the family rules again. We love big. All right, we're getting there. We love big. We give back. We don't give up. One more time. We love big. We give back. We don't give up. Those are some family rules. 
What I know is that when we're at our worst, Jesus loves us anyway. When we're at our worst, he's at his best. Jesus embodied these roles. He loves us. He gave back, and I'm thankful that Jesus didn't give up on us. You know, if you've been watching over the last couple of days, it's the uh, NCAA basketball tournament. I don't want to show my handles off too much here. But this basketball, when I bounce it, it bounces back. It bounces back. But I have another, I have another ball here. This weighted ball doesn't bounce back. You see, some of you aren't bouncing back because you're weighed down. And today, today you need to give that weight to the Lord. He says he can handle it. Cast all your weight, all your care on him because he cares for you. Today's your day for a bounce back. Stop carrying that weight. And you're like, I can't bounce back. Well, because you're weighed down. Man, he wants you to bounce back. He wants you to get back up. And today is your day.